Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why the Podcast, a podcast where every week myself, Adrian, and Matt talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, we want to make sure that you know to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It is the easiest way to show us your support and help other people find us. And if you want to support us a little bit more, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butwhythopc. Enjoy the show. But why the podcast? As always, I'm your host Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And today we are covering a pineapple who lives under the sea. Adrian. What the fuck was that? <laughs> I just you realized said that. we're covering <laughs> a pineapple who lives under the sea. Even Matt was like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> oh, God. We're covering Spongebob. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to go with this. Adrian's leading the episode. I'm shamed. Yeah, uh, I'm here. I mean, I think I, I, I put this question in here, like, ironically, but I, I guess we do need it. Uh, <laughs> Kate, can you tell me who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, okay, yeah, because he's the he's the sponge, not the not the pineapple. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're we're covering SpongeBob today, and I really didn't I couldn't think of like a question to ask other than that one, um, and then just simply, did you watch SpongeBob um, when you were younger? Do you still watch SpongeBob? Do you go back and live your nostalgia days, or just to kind of situate us in where we're at in our SpongeBob dom? Spongebobdom. Yeah. So you want my Spongebobdom? Yeah. What's your Spongebobdom? I tried it. I thought it was terrible. I still don't understand it. It's the most overrated show I've ever known to existence, and I still don't get it. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like your opinion, <laughs> man. from that? <laughs> I literally did. I've tried watching Spongebob like on so many episodes, and people tell me all the time it's the greatest thing in the world, and I watch it, and I'm like, I don't get this. I don't see why people like this. I think it won, like, quite a bit of awards. No, I understand it's won a ton of awards and people love it. I just don't understand it. Dope, Squidward. All right, Kate? Uh, Yeah, so I remember when it first started airing. um, It was still when Mr. Stick was a thing. I don't know if if you were, like, if, like, if you're listening here and you remember Mr. Stick, yes, because my brother does not remember Mr. Stick. Um, But my brother watched Spongebob more than I did. Um, so I watched it a lot, like, by proxy. Like, hey, we're taking care of your brother, and this is on TV, so now you're going to watch these episodes that you've seen a whole bunch, and your brother's going to think they're the first, it's the first time that it's ever been on. Because um, they ran a whole bunch of Spongebob reruns. But, um, yeah, I like Spongebob. Um, I haven't watched it in years, like, years and years and years. Um, but I definitely like it. Um, awesome. Uh, I mean, I've watched SpongeBob like when it first came out. Those first three seasons, I think, are like some of like the best, um, like cartoonness um, that like, I've ever watched in terms of just like rewatchability and things like that. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Like the first like four seasons are on there. That's really all you need to watch. Anything past that really isn't that great. But I don't even the think main... I can distinguish seasons from like '90s cartoons. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of tell. Here and we'll talk about that like a little bit into when we start talking about um, its creation and stuff because there's a definite drop off and it has a lot to do with people leaving and coming back and and all this all this jazz. But um, the main reason why we're covering SpongeBob today is because its creator, animator, director of SpongeBob SquarePants, Steven Hillenberg, passed away on November 26, 2018, 
at the age of 57 from ALS-related complications. And he's actually the first creator of an animated Nickelodeon series to ever pass away. So it hit Nickelodeon pretty hard, especially since how big SpongeBob is to kind of their brand and all the people who watch SpongeBob that will go through. It was a pretty big loss and I think deserves um, some of our attention for you know this hour, hour and a half tonight. Um, so in terms of like a brief history, I'm really just going to give you like a super brief history because one of our but why those is Steven Hillenburg uh, in and of himself and his basically his background is basically the creation of spongebob so like there's there's going to be a history basically in whenever but why those but unless you've been living under a rock uh you probably know that spongebob squarepants at least exists at the very at the very least you might not have watched shows um depending on your age demographic but you know it's a thing like he's everywhere in everything for the last uh you know almost 20 years so spongebob squarepants also refer to as just spongebob is an American animated television series created by marine science educator and animator Steven Hillenburg for Nickelodeon. The series chronicles the adventures and endeavors of title character and his various friends in the fictional underwater city Bikini Bottom. The show premiered in May 1st, 1999, following the 1999 Kids' Choice Awards, and the rest is basically history as it's still going on, and we are still getting movies to this day. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't understand. I've tried this show. I love the memes that come out of all of this and the gifts that come out of the show. It's probably the only reason to care. But I've tried watching it a few times and I feel like maybe I need to try again because like he does have like a marine he's with a mean yeah, a marine science educator. I love like I watch a ton of cartoons and animate series, especially educational ones. I just don't get this one and I've just never liked it out of all the times I did. I've watched it. Hey man, I didn't I mean, going into this, I didn't think I was. I would have been more surprised if you said that you liked SpongeBob. Coming into this episode, <laughs> I was like, I've watched like all the seasons and like twice of like Magic School Bus, even the new Magic School Bus, yeah. and all these other stuff. But I just don't get this one. I've tried. We'll get into it. So we'll start off just right right away with um, Stephen Hillenburg uh, to get started with you know Matt's sciencey mind and kind of how we even get SpongeBob to be a thing. So Hillenburg is the primary animator. Um, and creator of SpongeBob SquarePants in the very early days. When he was growing up, he had basically two passions, the ocean and drawing. And since drawing fish seemed boring, he decided to pursue his degree in marine biology, and he minored in art. I like how he said drawing fish seemed boring and not drawing the ocean seemed boring. (laughs) I mean, if you just draw the ocean, like there's just water. Some blue paper? Some blue paper? (laughs) Boom. Done. But fish are the boring one. (laughs) Hey, I'm not Hill. Why don't 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 look, get mad at me? Hillenberg's the one who said that John Fish was born. Um, but after he graduated in the '80s, like the early '80s, he worked as a marine biologist and teacher at the Orange County Marine Institute. And even though he was you know teaching and he was doing a lot of outreach for the community, in 1987 he decided to go back to college to kind of pursue his uh, passion in art and animating. So he got his degree in experimental animation at the California Institute of Arts in Valencia. And then he earned his master's in fine arts in 1992. So basically from 1993 to 1996, Hillenburg worked on and directed Rocco's Modern Life. For those of you who remember. Was he primary uh, on that? Uh, he was one of the primaries. Yeah, he's he has uh, de- directorial credits on the first three seasons. Now that like is a seasons. show that I love to death and still like if I think there was a time that it was on Netflix. It was at the time like Hey Arnold was on there and stuff and I yeah. loved Rocco's Modern Life which watching that as an adult was like oh no this was for yeah. children which yeah, it's, I it's also a lot get with like Spongebob sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah so he, he's not like the creator or anything that of Rocco's Modern Life but he definitely directed he definitely directed and when it was canceled in 1996 is when he begins to start working on spongebob um he actually gets into you know working with with rockwell's modern life basically from his thesis when he was in getting his masters it's an award-winning thesis film about wormholes and the creator of rocko saw it and then brought him on through that process so he was kind of there from 
about the beginning. Matt, why don't you like SpongeBob? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, <laughs> I, hey, what, by the way, what is that wormhole film? I've watched so many uh, films. Um, wormholes. I knew I should have gotten the name of it. You I have think no that... idea how many shows I've watched on particle physics and I wormholes. think it's, I think it's like literally like wormholes or something. Well, you know how many different shows are called wormholes? It was a thesis, though, so yeah, it might not have been It's literally called Wormholes. Lost we literally have Curiosity Stream, which is nothing but pretty much yeah. theses turned into films. No, theses are like tiny, tiny little things. Yeah, this Once is again, have you actually scrolled through the entire library? Yes. Looking for they dogs. They literally have 15 minute they like, shows. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can be found on YouTube. So I think you can find Matt, it on YouTube watch there, it. Matt. Um, but it was uh, they're at a film festival. I'll link. So, oh, I'll link wormholes in the uh, in the show notes, guys. Yeah, that'd be great. So when Rockles gets canceled, he didn't really think that he was going to be making you know, like his own TV show. But one of the writers from Rocco's Modern Life encouraged him to expand on one of his previous works when before he decided to get his master's. So many of the ideas and the stories that are from SpongeBob come from an unpublished com- comic book that he had in 1989 called the, um, the Inner Title Zone. And it basically is what he used to teach the public about the animal life in tide pools. So one of the creator or one of the writers on Rocco saw it, then encouraged him to go through and expand on those characters and make SpongeBob. And he basically wanted to move away from the kind of darker humored, you know, Rocco's modern life and like Red and Stimpy. Oh, Red and Stimpy I love uh, I love Red and Stimpy. Does that count? Red yes, and Stimpy is so bad. Also, when you're like a kid with like your family of like a bunch of just suicidal people in a room watching Red and Stimpy, I'm sure everybody loves it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me and my dad loved Red and Stimpy so much. But Toast Man nowadays? No, that man is Even creepy. my like, my my dad, I guess you want to call him, favorite show was Red and Stimpy. <laughs> um, yeah, so like he, he worked on Rocco's Modern Life and obviously is understands Stimpy, Red and Stimpy, but he wanted to kind of move away from kind of those darker humor shows, and that's where, that's where we get kind of the lovable and innocent SpongeBob SquarePants, but is not devoid of some of, like, the darker humor from Rocco's Modern Life and even kind of Red and Stimpy when you kind of go back and watch it. Squidward um, delivers flowers to the grave of his hopes and dreams. Yeah. Uh, Squid and, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. dark. We're, we're, yeah, he uh, lots of characters have such dark moments, and there's just so much comedy in it that's like going back and watching it again. Even interactions between Patrick, even Patrick says some just dark stuff. That I'm just like, yo, Patrick, you need some help, my friend. Pat, well, it's like Patrick always reminded me of like one of those friends that you have that takes the joke too far, and that it just gets yeah. really, really dark, and nobody knows how to say anything after it. So yeah. Matt, so basically, yeah, so basically, like Hillenburg decides, okay. We're, let's do it. Let's go for it. And he fleshes out his characters in the intertidal zone. And he, there's like some character designs of it um, from like the early days. And it's kind of pretty similar to what we have in SpongeBob. And he just fleshes them out and makes them just more um, anthropomorphic and more friendly for an animated show instead of just like the comic book. Matt, why don't you like a show that started off as the intertidal zone? I don't know. I told you. I just don't understand this. I feel like Matt is just very confused this episode. Yeah. Um, quick fun fact. It was actually pitched as SpongeBob Ahoy. But Sponge the name SpongeBoy? Yeah, SpongeBoy Ahoy. But the name SpongeBoy was already trademarked by a mop. <laughs> uh, so they just went with SpongeBob instead. You want to hear a fun story about a mop? Oh, uh, this feels like it's going to go dark. <laughs> My the, mother argued with go. my entire family that we owned a mop, and we told her we did not own a mop, and she kept saying, yes, I do, and then we asked her, can you show us this mop, because she claimed she mopped all the time, and then when she got up in anger to show everybody, she realized we did not own a mop, <laughs> so we have no idea what she was mopping, or what she was mopping with. Was it a sponge boy? It could have been possible. <laughs> um, Hillenberg would stay on as showrunner from 1999 to 2004 but stepped away as director along with some of the original writers after the first feature film. 
And he reportedly did this because he wanted the show to end and kind of saw like everything. He thought that he did everything that he could with the show. Um, and kind of overall, I think this is a pretty con- consensus with people who continue to watch it over the years. This is like where you see a little bit of the decline in the show without Hillenberg at the helm. Um, I think because you lose a lot of the, the character moments in it. Um, 2012 is when it was doing really, really bad. And even they even came out and said that their ratings are dropped a whole bunch. I don't know why it kept going. I say, so that eight seasons of just trash. Yeah. That's what it seems like. See, this could uh, also be an issue. Cause me, like I obviously saw maybe a few at the beginning, whatever. And then, you know, you try to come back in 20, 2007, 2008. And you're like, this is awful. Yeah. So the two, the, those first three seasons is basically like where basically where all the memes come from, where all of like the jokes come from are mostly from those first three seasons with the exception of like the condescending SpongeBob one. That's like from like season 10. Uh, but most of the good stuff comes from the first three seasons, but it would see a pickup in quality again in 2015 when Hillenberg would come back to work on the show and work on the second movie, um, which people enjoyed after just like years of just not great quality for the show itself. Um, and this just really all spawns from a guy who wanted to draw fish and share his like love of the ocean with people, which I think is just like the best way to kind of come up with a show. Like he didn't care really about the money; he wanted to just end after three seasons. Yeah. Um, and he just wanted to draw fish and like make people laugh. Matt, which I think why is don't you like wholesome. this? I don't know. At the end, I'll give you a recommendation for other fish shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, you know, he you know, recently died. So his ashes were actually scattered at sea earlier this Aww. week, which I think is super super fitting, because here's a guy who loved the ocean and loved animating. And he had the chance to blend the two together and create a powerhouse of a show, and he was able to do it. Um, create a show that basically touched people's lives over like the last almost twenty years now. All right, we're and done. Basi- Cut it. Wrap it. You said the last yeah, monologue. That's basically <laughs> it. Um, yeah. So a little bit about Hillenburg and kind of his life. He was kind of. I mean, he wasn't super outspoken. There's not a whole lot about kind of like his life before he was really doing this. He's not an introvert by any means, but he just wasn't kind of like out there. He kind of just went day-to-day did his work and let his work speak for himself um like you said this the series debuted in 1999 so we'll move on to kind of like how popular is spongebob and how has it been running for so long so in 1999 statistically it's a success success ratings wise and then not even just with kids alone so by 2001 after a couple seasons of the 50 million people who watched it every month, 20 million of the audience was 18 to 34 in that range. So a big chunk of the people who are watching it are not kids. And with it in, in its 12th season currently with over 240 episodes, it's accumulated six Annie's, eight Golden Reels, four Emmys, and 15 Kids' Choice Awards, if you care about how many of those um, there are. See, I will say it's, this: I completely forgot that seasons do that for animation. They're so long because I'm like, wait a minute, that's like almost 20 years when we get 12 seasons. I forget yeah. that there's like how much? Uh, what are they like 26 episode long? Uh, I think I think like the first season has like 40 episodes. Oh, they go 40 because I know a lot of the other ones are like 20. Yeah, it's like that 30. late 90s Pokemon esque ah, yeah. thing where they have like super long seasons. Um, but it's currently Nickelodeon's longest running show surpassing Rugrats in 2012. So it's been the longest running show for a long time now. And currently all time with running shows, it's fourth behind The Simpsons, Arthur, and South Park. And the seasons are currently viewed in 170... Hold on, I'm sorry. Is this only animation? And is this out of like, what, is still running or just overall? Still running. Like overall. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, I'm pretty sure there's other shows that have been ran longer, but I... But, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, currently running. Um, and the seasons are, are viewed in 170 countries speaking 24 languages. I only add this in here because I don't know if you ever watched SpongeBob and Spanish Kate, uh, but it is hilarious. My uh, my best friend in high school, her, um, so her family was from Mexico, and the little kids in her family were fluent in both English and Spanish. Um, but they would watch all their cartoons in Spanish. So I have definitely heard SpongeBob in Spanish, <laughs> and I love it. So yeah, much. it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, just to kind of show like the reach of it, 170 countries, 24 languages. That's a lot of um, 
a lot of countries and a lot of dubs to do. That's a lot. And past just the show, there are SpongeBob itself is like a huge medium. So you have two released movies currently: SpongeBob, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie in two thousand four, and then the more recent, the SpongeBob movie Sponge Out of Water. And then you have a third movie, the SpongeBob movie. It's a Wonderful Sponge releasing in twenty twenty. I did not know about that. Yeah, I didn't know about that one either. That's weird a little bit. Not really. People love nostalgia these days. We just reboot and do everything because people just love nostalgia. I mean, they're not rebooting. It's still... still Well, no, I'm not talking about like whether... I'm talking about they are rebooting things, but also they're just bringing back and making more of the same movies that are over just because of nostalgia. Well, I guess Adrian's point is like they're not really bringing it back. It's already... They're not well, bringing it around re- town. Bringing it's it back, but they're just doing another movie, whether it's yeah. still going super strong or not. Like yeah, Dragon I mean, Ball Z. It'd, it'd be interesting to see how it goes, especially because Hillenburg was basically the director of the previous two movies, and the previous two movies aren't bad when you talk about kind of like the animated, the animated world. So I'm interested to see how much work he got to do on It's a Wonderful Sponge before before his passing, and how it's going to be received without him without him being largely involved. We also have lots of uh, handheld video games. I tried to count the amount of handheld video games and console and PC games there are for SpongeBob, and it was too much to count, so I gave up. Because people forget how many video games were made from like 1999 to like 2008 yeah. before all of a There's sudden everything got priced so out. So many Game Boy games for this um, for this franchise. So I I particularly was a big fan of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie game on Xbox. I remember it, but I never played it. But I remember like yes, we talked about it on last week's episode of Stan Lee. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Of those games, I started because I went back and checked like the Marvel games. Marvel was producing like ten Marvel games a year, in all the way up to like 2012, and then all of a sudden it's like we got like two, maybe one. <laughs> um, yeah, and then there apparently was a 40 theme park ride that was all over the country for, I remember for that. a while. Um, that was weird. In addition huh. to like other theme park rides in other countries, it had its own musical a couple years ago. Everything has its own musical at this point. Yes. SpongeBob SquarePants, the Broadway musical. Has SpongeBob been on ice? I would imagine so. <laughs> it has to have been. A giant sponge on ice seems like the best thing ever and very safe. Uh, but this always just makes me want to go back to like how much of the stuff that we've covered actually have musicals? A, a lot. lot. Actually, yeah. And it's always the greatest thing. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I was like reading up on it. Like the musical was like a flop. People didn't go see it. I feel like it's, most musicals are flops. Yeah, I mean it's just too late. Like it came out, I think 2015. 2015 is too late to kind of capitalize on that that trend. Oh yeah, it, if it didn't come out in like 2002. Yeah, I think they've been a lot more profitable. Um, in terms of profit, so I was looking at it's SpongeBob SquarePants is one of the most profitable media franchises at 14 billion dollars in revenue. Um, which is closing in on The Simpsons, actually. Oh, wow. Despite The Simpsons' 10-year head start. Inflation, though. I'll argue that one because in 1994 versus, like, 19, 2004, like, there's a huge, massive gap of, like, everybody, people get rich and a lot of people get poor in that time frame. This is why I included here that the only media franchises to have more money since 1999 are Dora, Disney Princesses, Call of Duty, Cars, and the MCU. Hey, this is why Adrian better and Kate. Dora the Explorer! To how the hell is Dora the Explorer on there? Because of... Dora's <laughs> media merchandising. Is the gross... I think they were saying it was the gross net of, like, majority... Of GD, GDP of, like, fucking small countries is what brown people spend in this country, and they so love basically, them Dora. So basically, Dora people go, they get their Explorer on, they lose their Explorer, and have to go buy a new one? Yep. Or, yeah. well, actually, I say that as having left my Barney in, like, a, a Walmart one time, and my grandma went and bought me a new one. But, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I only mention this just because, like, the only things during that same time period to beat it are basically, like, Disney, Call of Duty, and Dora. I love that Dora's and in there. this is just, like, an animated TV show. Like, this, the rest of this... The sad, it's part crazy. Is, the sad part is I still don't understand cars either. People love that thing. I don't understand cars. That I don't understand. Man. It's crazy. No, I'm talking about like I don't even get the movies either. Like The first movie's pretty good. The, I Second mean, the first movie's, movie's like, okay. Goddamn I mean, terrible. That's what I'm saying. Like, the I get the first movie, okay. but then there's like six I just there. liked Larry the Cable Guy's car <laughs> in the first movie. But I understand <laughs> nothing else. 
Yeah. So in terms of rankings, like as we, as we usually do, it was kind of hard to find rankings kind of on this just because whenever you look at these lists, you always get like anime thrown into it. And that's just like a whole nother ball game. Oh, in my opinion. it, 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 but it shouldn't looking, be included at all. Yeah. If you're just looking at just like animation in terms of, you know, basic cable animation stuff, uh, Ranker has it at number four all time. But this other site... IndieWire, I think it, I think it is. IndieWire had 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 one really, really recently, like as of November twentieth, and it had SpongeBob at like thirty three out of fifty. But that included things like Cowboy Bebop and like BoJack Horseman and like a whole bunch of other stuff too. So, so what was number uh, one, two, and three on Ranker then? Uh, Simpsons. I mean, let me find because even hard because if we include BoJack Horseman, I feel like you need to include the Simpsons. Yeah. I feel like those demographics the, are the same. Yeah, like that's the hard thing when it comes to like if you look at um, animation because you have to segment it based on like audience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, so targeted there's Looney Tunes, The Simpsons, Tom and Jerry, and then SpongeBob. Um, and then, you know, on this list, two top 10 Futurama, Family Guy, South Park. Yeah. Uh, that's a weird list. Batman. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to find. I mean, it's a good list, but it's a weird list because, like I said, Simpsons and Looney Tunes are yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's tough. Tough to place it. It's it's in the conversation. Right. I, I would say like you know top fifty all time. Oh, I could go. Uh, I could go agree with that. Yeah. But despite its popularity, it's definitely not without its controversies. Um, so early on in its inception, so in. 2000, the early 2000s, so 2002 to 2005, there's multiple conservative and Christian groups calling SpongeBob out for promoting homosexual agenda uh, for SpongeBob and Patrick's friendship. And a lot of this stemmed from there being a SpongeBob as one of the stars in a music video in 2005 that was sent to 61,000 um, schools by the We Are Family Foundation that was designed to encourage tolerance and diversity. And one right wing Christian group thought it promoted homosexuality. So uh, this is. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll go for it. Go no, for I was going to say. So is this before or after the episode where SpongeBob and Patrick take care of a clam together? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, that's one of my favorites. Hmm. Uh. Because, like, I like I I think it's stupid. Like for anybody to like go after a fucking cartoon like this. But like um, that, like that was clearly like they they were they they were two men and a baby. <laughs> there were two men yeah, and a baby. W- yep. Yeah, this was season three, so it would have had to have been in that same time frame. Yeah, that was okay. definitely the same time frame. Um, but Hillenberg was like largely quiet on a lot of this stuff, except until that group came out in two thousand five, saying that like Hillenberg was trying to promote his homosexual agenda and like make our kids like gay and all this stuff. And he basically was just like very upfront and just said. He, and he was quoted as saying, it doesn't have anything to do with what we're trying to do. We never intended them to be gay. I consider them to be almost asexual. We're just trying to be funny. And this has got nothing to do with the show. So basically, he was like, shut the hell up. Like, almost all the characters on my show are asexual. Yeah. So he was kind of like, like nah, y'all just crazy people. Let me let, let two men and a baby take care of a clam. Two men and a baby take care of a clam. That is that is the premise of an episode. Like SpongeBob goes off to work and comes back, and it, or yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. No, no, no SpongeBob's uh, the housewife. A, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Patrick is a terrible uh, working father. Yes, and SpongeBob is the housewife. <laughs> he has like the like the French maid like outfit thing too. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Especially oh, and then like there's that Patrick. Uh, that it's a gif. But like Patrick, where he has like the super super long legs and the fishnets and high heels. Yeah, I can see that one too for sure. Yeah, but but Hillenberg has like come out multiple times saying that he sees most of the characters on the show as asexual, since none of them ever really are ever together. Yeah. Yeah. So like none of them are ever are ever really dating at any point. Because I know, the entire like, I know that I read something, and obviously, like, this is people reading in onto it. Because, like, if the creator says that that's one thing, uh, or like that, that's kind of it. But I know what's been read onto it is not necessarily the fact that, like, if you like exclude fucking Tumblr people, or sorry, if you exclude like you know just like shipping and stuff that happens, and that's like its own little world that I don't like going into. But a lot of the praise that I've seen 
coming from like are coming for spongebob and like lifting it up is that they're on on none of the characters they're like uh like i don't how do i say it like there are no gendered roles really on any of the characters like they all kind of just behave in whatever way they want to behave um it's a starfish and a sponge well yeah that's that that's the thing i don't think they 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 are assigned anything kind of same from there we have some other controversy so in that same year 2005 spongebob was linked by this one study that spongebob was linked to the rise of childhood obesity totally because believe of it. all of like the what? all the stuff that spongebob and patrick eat in terms of sweets uh totally it don't give yep. your kids sweets that's how you fix yeah. that you tell them to go outside and run around in circles Run you just laps. don't give them the thing in the first place. And then you have um, Fox Fox News and Friends oh said that the show no. pushed a climate change agenda on unproven science. They do they do cover climate change. They live in the ocean. Yeah, the ocean they're... is dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, then you have the American Academy of Pediatrics published a study that show that said that the show ruins kids' concentration because of the fast paced changing scenes so that's actually cognitively proven that the way we intake our media does affect our attention spans they've done yeah, cognitive all, tests on it we're all freaking birds yeah yeah but like it's not spongebob no, it, it's, it's the, a it's, lot it's a lot of <laughs> it, it, it's spongebob and every childhood television show that's watched but people do it because it's like they the, yeah it's a popular thing out it, yeah essentially out. like Colors. as you see it works it gets pushed more to fast pace fast pace fast pace so that you can get more put in and then like it just accelerates and then it's like a snowball so take um, your kids outside in the woods take them to the ocean <laughs> make them run laps and then finally the other interesting one i found was hillenberg was actually sued in 2007 by troy walker who said that he stole this character spongebob from his 1991 comic strip but Bob Sponge, the unemployed sponge, which is essentially like him drawing a sponge with like some googly eyes on it. And <laughs> Doodle Bob? Wanted... Is he Doodle Bob? No, it's not. It's not even Doodle Bob. It's not even like that close. Which Doodle Bob was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, he wanted $1.6 billion in damages. Oh, God. Um, but the matter was dropped in 2008 after the court granted defendants motion for summary judgment. So we really don't know. Where where that went from there, but the guy wanted one point six billion dollars in damages. They had to have settled much. then. He got yeah, some money. Settled something. He got something. I don't think he got one point six billion dollars. No, but he though. got money. Yeah. Um, and then just some other more positive facts to kind of show the popularity and show the reach. So in two thousand nine, SpongeBob was the first animated character to receive a statue entirely made out of wax for Madame Tussauds in London, which I thought was interesting. Like. They hadn't had one before, Spongebob? Kind of disappointing that, actually. In 2011, a mushroom was named after Spongebob. I added that in there because Matt uh, always talks about things being named after, after stuff. They are. Tony, look it up. And then after the Egyptian Revolution of 2011, Spongebob... SpongeBob became a fashion phenomenon, appearing on various items of merchandise from hijabs to boxer shorts. The phenomenon led to the creation of the Tumblr project called SpongeBob on the Nile. The phenomenon has even spread to Libya, where a Libyan rebel in SpongeBob dress was photographed celebrating the revolution. That is Although, so interesting. Yeah. Although The Guardian and Vice has asserted that the trend has little to no political significance, a joke yeah. presidential campaigns have been undertaken for spongebob in egypt and syria the only time i had money to study abroad was when everybody <laughs> went to like we were in we were supposed to go to damascus for the arabic program and then they shut it down and i never had money to go abroad again well you missed the spongebob revolution i was supposed to go there for christmas and new year's and then a clip in 2013 showed uh, showed up of a Russian army and navy singing the theme song, which apparently is one of the most popular marching songs in Russia. That is so uh, interesting. And 
as we talked about kind of at the beginning, one of the biggest source of memes on the internet comes from SpongeBob. But many of the memes have been used in events like March for Our Lives earlier this year to represent NRA and gun control rights. There's a whole bunch of those memes where they had signs that are pretty, pretty good. Kind of just overarching, like, I think SpongeBob is a rare form of entertainment that has that has something to offer like every subset of viewers. And I think a lot of that stems from Hillenberg's characters he was able to create and flesh out, which will take us to some of, uh, but why though for characters and kind of like just the kind of overarching lessons that come out of SpongeBob for this. I wanted to do kind of like in-depth character studies of all the characters and kind of like their flaws and stuff, but that would have taken way longer than the time we so have. So I do have a question though. Yes. Um, so a lot, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but now that you've told me like the background of the guy, um, they, I think like on the internet a lot, they say that like Bikini Bottom is supposed to be like the Bikini Atoll incident where like the nuclear bomb went off and like the new, like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 That, that's one of the, one of the fan theories okay. of why everything is there so weird. So yeah, but it wasn't right confirmed. There's a whole... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was never, like, outwardly confirmed by by Hillenburg from what I could find, unless someone can, can correct me, like, on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but everyone kind of just accepts that as true to make sense of all of the things that happened in SpongeBob. And it just makes sense. Yeah, because he's a Does marine it? biologist, yeah. Yeah, sure. He's a marine biologist, so he's right. <laughs> Automatically. <laughs> it's not that hard. Everybody's a marine biologist. Never <laughs> Go watch the Seinfeld episode of Marine Biologist. <laughs> so for the characters, like while there are many innuendos that we can see now as kind of older people, lots of one-liners like SpongeBob saying, or Patrick saying, is mayonnaise an instrument? Um, the countless musical numbers that they have, and it's just general humor. I think SpongeBob at, at its heart is about its characters. So... Like Matt talked about earlier when he was mentioning Magic School Bus, like SpongeBob isn't the Magic School Bus and it's not Sesame Street. There aren't like inherent lessons built in or really even advertised. Um, so but the, with that said, yeah. I was going to say the fun thing is I don't like Sesame Street, but I really like the Magic School Bus. Yeah, I mean, I think just different age groups. I don't think Sesame Street and Magic School Bus have necessarily the same. No, they don't. Demographics. Because I grew out of Sesame Street real. I never liked real, it at really. all. <laughs> I like it. I like Elmo. Elmo's my homie. Really? I had yeah. Reading Rainbow and the Magic School Bus were the two that I watched all the time. Oh, wish yeah. Mode. I was gonna put I was gonna put Reading Rainbow in here, but I was like, it's not really anime. So I didn't know if I would put it. In. But it's like that that kind of like PBS learning, right? Yeah. It's, and SpongeBob is Sponge- episodic, not serialized, right? Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I mean, these yeah, things not... are episodic too, but yeah. I was like, yeah. These... yeah. You um, watch Magic School Bus. It's definitely not. Yeah, no, it's episodic. It's it's not. Yeah, it's not serialized at all. Watched it like three weeks ago. Yeah. So, with all this said, like at least when I watched it when I was younger or whatever the case is, I think SpongeBob was able to get across like just basic important human values without hitting you over the head with kind of like just be don't don't be a don't be a dick. Um, with like a whole kind of like, you know, this is what we learned today kind of thing that you might get out of something like Sesame Street. Like you don't have like a monologue from the main character at the end telling you why you shouldn't do something. Yeah. And though, you know, this isn't Dora the Explorer, you know, either where they're kind of leading kids through that. It's really just about the characters and you get what you want out of the characters, whether that is happiness or just realizing that your depression is real, like whatever the case is, you can get those things out of characters. Um, and even though the title character SpongeBob is kind of like this happy and naive character, um, it's dark. not everyone, like not everyone even identifies with that. So that there's different characters at different points. People can identify with them differently. And many people argue like after the fifth or sixth season that the show suffers from Flander, Flander, I hate this word so much. Flanderization. <laughs> Ned Flanders. Yeah. From like how Ned Flanders yeah. is just like the same kind of thing the whole time um but i'm not sure if i really agree with that too much but that might just be like nostalgia talking from the first four or five seasons or um from there because even if there are aspects of flanderization like if spongebob is just like the happy character if patrick is just like the dumb character each of the characters deals with like an opposite force and they have to kind of deal with those aspects of their personality on a regular basis 
And I think that really boils down to if we kind of look at look look at this with two main characters. I think it boils down to SpongeBob and Squidward, since they're opposite forces and they're um, very often like acting opposite of each other to kind of get this across. So SpongeBob is relentlessly optimistic, enthusiastic, and naive. His character from Hillenburg, he said that he was influenced by Jerry Lewis, Pee Wee Herman, and Stan Laurel to give SpongeBob his traits and identifying with spongebob is usually kind of like living in the moment sharing joy with others optimism in the face of negativity persistence in things that you love and kind of like never losing that piece of your childhood because it's okay to be different and those are all things you can get out of spongebob's characters regardless of kind of like how naive and stupid uh, yeah see because like i was gonna say like it's funny like i've never seen like spongebob like i've seen him as like this joyous joyous person but it's like joyous to his own detriment in the same way that squidward is like depressed to his own detriment like spongebob slacks off so much like you have the boat driving episode uh, and then on top of that, you have the one where he has to write the paper and he spends like 10 hours writing the word the, which is like, yeah. it, it was one of those things where like when I watched it, I saw SpongeBob as somebody who, yeah, was extremely optimistic and happy, but to the point where he like had no idea what was happening around him. And then like Sandy was like the, the balance between SpongeBob and Squidward to a point. Cause she's just kind yeah. of like, what and the hell are you even, two doing? Yeah. Even Sandy has like problems with like, her pride and such mm-hmm. um, and then we have Squidward who's actually not even a squid he's an octopus but they draw him with six legs because Hillenberg said it was just easier to do it that way um, he's arrogant Kurt the the depressed neighbor and his traits and people who usually identify with Squidward later on which has been like the case for millennials um, it seems is you know his kind of I hate everything and everyone attitude as he goes through like a mundane work life while his passion projects, art and music have basically failed and he kind of just is just depressed and kind of hates everything and everybody. I actually really like, I think you're right. The whole, like, I don't even know if it's just a millennial thing, but just like, I feel bad for Squidward because like people just keep bugging him. Like he does not want to hang out with SpongeBob and SpongeBob just keeps bugging him and I feel bad for the man. I don't. I feel so bad for him. SpongeBob just needs to leave him alone. So we really kind of get like this balancing of perspectives whenever these two characters are in the similar situations. Um, so it's really kind of like SpongeBob optimism versus Squidward's pessimism. So for reference, I guess Matt, uh, SpongeBob and Squidward work at the exact same job every day, but Squid uh, SpongeBob loves it. Squidward hates it. SpongeBob like in love lo- enjoys doing his hobbies like bubble blowing and jelly fishing um and squidward wishes he could only do his hobbies so whereas spongebob kind of like finds that balance of being able to do his hobbies squidward just wants to play clarinet and okay i mean how smart he's not you have to be to do bubble blowing as a hobby yeah i'm like squidward is a cultured person he plays an instrument he doesn't even play the instrument that well. You've seen the, the first episode is about bubble blowing and Pat and SpongeBob blows an elephant. Wow. Sponge, Squidward can't even Squidward can't even blow a bubble. He couldn't even blow a bubble. Had, the cool thing uh, is that Squidward also makes like a lot of literary note like uh yeah. literary things. Like Squidward is definitely the dude who went to grad school and is just like really over people messing with him and succeeding when the other person's done like nothing. Which is like how I see Squidward and SpongeBob. I just, also I think it's just not differences of. I mean, if you wanted to, if somebody clarinet, said I want to play the clarinet versus I want to blow some bubbles, I want to save the guy that wants to blow bubbles. Well, needs like, help. so like even away from that, like both both whatever hobby you hobby is valid, but like no, if you so blow like, bubbles, I'm not considering that a hobby. I guess I'm just kind of like, why is it a problem that? That Squidward just wants to do his hobbies. Like Squidward just wants to be left alone. Oh, because he doesn't and do because his he doesn't try. He kind of just wallows in his self. He can't try because SpongeBob every... is like knocking on his door every five minutes. No, he does. He, he does when he, he does try. He fails, and then he can't take criticism of him not being a good. Whatever. Oh, and then you have the episode where SpongeBob does like the that masterful uh, sculpture, mm-hmm. and. 
Squidward's is terrible. I think it, for me, though, I see it like as an Archer moment where like Squidward's like, I have been practicing to do this for so long. And then this jerk comes around who's done it like never and does it right. I feel like it's a Lana and Archer moment. Like, why is this happening? Because he's not actually a squid. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, like when I was like thinking of kind of comparisons, just because we've done the, the BoJack episode pretty recently. Um, I see a lot of their relationship of kind of like Bojack versus like Todd or Mr. Peanut Butter, where like they both learn from each other kind of just in different different ways. I can um, see Mr. Peanut Butter. I don't really see Todd. Todd, in, in different aspects of different episodes. Todd's it, character's been really weird over the last four seasons. Yeah, it's like, I, say, I would say like more like early Todd more than okay. kind of... Like early Todd, when when Bojack messes with Todd, and then Bojack realizes that hey, maybe I shouldn't have messed with Todd because like that makes me kind of an asshole. That's fair. You know, um, Todd is just like uh, basically this Kate play of SpongeBob. Todd is no help and is actually a terrible friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is like early early Todd, or you can just go with Mr. Peanut Butter. Mr. Peanut Butter, he's not probably he's not, he's not trying Butter to run for governor. Like Mr. Peanut yeah. Butter just kind of falls into things. Yeah. Also, that happy-go-lucky that I have no idea where I'm at or what's going on. Yeah, Patrick and is I'm... probably more Todd than mm. Mr. Peanut Butter, in my opinion. Patrick's just <laughs> I, useless. I put Andor, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, like, while Squidward's depression is, like, super real, there's, like, very few moments in any of the episodes, like, where he tries to get out of that. He kind of just goes to his job every day and, like, hates everything there's very few episodes like where he actually tries to do something other than what he's been doing for the last 20 years but in the moments that he does show signs of kind of getting out of like that mindset it's usually through the help of spongebob um that kind of get him there through his kind of like just general happiness um ultimately like as, as annoying as spongebob is for squidward there are times where spongebob rubs off on squidward and seems to be things that kind of get him out of his depression and have him relive that like little kid inside so episodes like like idiot box or just one bite or the bubble stand or even like when he leaves and goes to squidville and realizes like hey this sucks like i'm around all these cultured squids and i don't like any of them so i'm gonna go back and hang out with patrick and spongebob that's a really good episode um in that same vein spongebob who is always happy seems to crash very hat very hard when sadness hits him like Kate was talking about earlier, he's like very sad. He's always very happy, but it can be to his detriment because he can't deal with those really hard moments. And in those moments, ironically enough, it's usually Squidward who kind of comforts him and gets him out of those moments, um, even if he's like the one who caused it at times. So it shows that like even being super happy all the time can lead to big fails and big falls if you don't have coping strategies to deal with it. So things like the pizza delivery episode when uh, they go through that whole ordeal to get to the end and they deliver the pizza and that guy gets mad because he doesn't have his soda and slams it in his face and then Sponge, or Patrick go, or Squidward goes and trying to make the situation better. Then you have like the April Fool's episode where uh, Squidward basically embarrasses the shit of Spongebob and kind of realizes, hey, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And they kind of go back and he realizes, hey, maybe I shouldn't be such a kind of asshole. And they kind of offset, offset each other in that way. Yeah. So... I think ultimately, like in a world where everyone feels like a Squidward, I know I feel like a Squidward way too much lately. I think we got to find that like SpongeBob, or at least like that kind of balance of the two. So maybe like a Sandy Cheeks ish kind of thing, even though she has her own issues, um, where like we can all have spouts of depression and living through those things can usually turn you into a cynical, angry, not squid octopus. Um, but like with the help of just general optimism or just adventures of delivering pizzas you can kind of get out of that dark place at least even for a moment in like an 11 minute episode to kind of offset how you're feeling knowing that you don't almost have to feel that way and the reverse is true too you don't have to always be happy um if you're not if you're always happy you can't you have to make sure you're developing things to kind of get you back to being happy once you're not happy yeah because like that's one of the things that like i think is probably one of the biggest problems that i see with a lot of our culture is like really preaching this like heavy optimism like oh nothing's bad ever happened to me i can't like this is fine i'm extremely happy and then the moment something does happen because like not everything will go your way the moment something doesn't go your way you like having people like completely shut down like spongebob does because they just live in this sunny world 
and not knowing how to actually cope and come out of that, in my opinion, is more dangerous because I think in a lot of ways, like people who like deal with like down stuff, they they like they know how to deal with it. Um, but at the same time, like I think you're like right on the money that like there needs to be a balance between like seeing the two because like both extremes have like really bad consequences because like I don't know when I get depressed I kind of don't have an option of sitting in my house for five days like I have to get up and I have to go do stuff and like I have like a like a I think like people talk about like when you've been with depression for so much you have like this function they have like this functioning depression because you know how to do it and then you have people who have never had it or had to deal with that stuff that like the moment it happens then like they're completely out of commission for like a really long time and it sometimes affects them worse so like I think just healthy strategies in both areas are extremely needed yeah 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 I agree um and I think when it comes to, like those two characters even though I don't know I, I just think they, they play off each other very well and going back and rewatching it so we Stefani and I went back and we watched a few of the episodes um, after we found out about Hillenbird's passing and I just see them in such a different light now when I go watch them just having you know 20 more years of like life experiences to, to go through it it is very very different I mean we can go into all day about like the dangers of the rest of the characters um, flanderization personalities uh, bunny quotes because there's like that theory that each of the characters represents like a seven, seven deadly sin and so you can talk about like the dangers of greed with Mr. Krabs, pride with Sandy, sloth with Patrick, envy with Plank- Plankton. But I really think the heart of the show is with SpongeBob and Patrick, as they're the characters who appear most often together. Mm-hmm. Despite you know Patrick being kind of his buddy, he, Squidward actually shows up more than uh, so, Patrick does. So who are the main two characters? I mean, the main character is SpongeBob, and it usually flips between Patrick so, or so Squidward. So you're talking about, so is it SpongeBob and Squid, Squidward are the main two characters who appear the most? Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or has more screen time, that makes sense. I guess. I mean, Patrick's probably there with, you know, and, and vice versa. I think Squidward's had, like, more of his own episodes, like Squidville, yeah. where Patrick really doesn't kind of have those episodes yeah. kind of on his own. Because I think, like, Patrick usually just serves as, like, a vehicle for something versus, like, actually, like, doing things, yeah. which is, like, what I think you're right. Like, SpongeBob and Squidward do things the most, and Patrick's just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just, and they have, like, 11 episodes, which Squidward actually references multiple times. Uh, he's, like, the fourth wall breaker <laughs> in, in the show. So it, it works out really well. In terms of characters, any other thoughts on characters, Kate, that you might want to talk about? No, not at all. Like you covered all the things I I, I like to talk about with this show. Awesome. Uh, maybe one day in you know uh, a re- uh, another another episode we can talk about kind of like Sandy and like her importance and kind of Mr. Krabs and Plankton because they're a whole another oh kind of, like, yeah dichotomy to to talk about. Um, but only so much time because I do want to if we're in, if we're for a pop culture podcast, we got to talk about the memes <laughs> because I can't think of a show that's been made into more memes than SpongeBob. Like maybe The Office. Yeah, probably The Office. But even even then, it's kind of I don't know if they are at, at like, like the same range of different scenes. I, I don't know, but it's apparent like they were in this '90s cartoon meme nostalgia wave with things like Arthur and Dexter. Uh, but just SpongeBob just seems to be around more yeah. than than all of those. And I think it just really SpongeBob. It stems from a couple things. I think mainly it's been around for almost twenty years, and we have a whole bunch of people who grew up watching it now have the ability to make their own memes. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with and, that over the other ones because I mean this one came out in nineteen ninety nine. So I mean in theory, yeah. you're like yeah. a few months off of being a two thousand cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I also think it's because the characters are just so distinct in their personalities that they're just very memeable. Yeah. Oh, memeable is a word. That's fair. I think it is, actually. Yeah. Um, I've used it before. So meme... meme <laughs> so for a word. Yeah, so meme is actually an academic term. Yeah. I just didn't know if, like, memeable... It didn't give me a squiggly thing. I was like, all right, cool. We're good I've there. used the word memeable before. Yeah, I've said it before. Um, Memeing yeah, is so a like, word, so... And mimetic. Yeah. No, that makes so, sense. Yeah, okay. Meme- memeable should be. Meme me. 
Steamed and official, the academic Maybe. told us. Yes. The GIFs. So will... We're all about the GIFs. Oh, no, no. Matt. Don't, stop. don't bring that stop. here. Stop. 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 I said one time the creator's wrong. <laughs> Uh, so, like, all the characters are, are memeable, and the episodes have just had weird application to multiple events. So, like I said, they had, um, you know, during the march, there was a lot of the muse there. But, you know, things like the I've only, uh, I'll have you know I've only cried for 20 minutes meme, the morbid Squidward, the push it somewhere else Patrick meme, the time cards. So, so like, the one time cards later. we have actually used in our episodes and our Patreon episodes. Whenever yeah. there is bickering... Or we go on a tangent and I don't, and like I can't cut it to make it sound like it goes together. I put in the three hours later thing. See, that, so. that works. Uh, the, the mocking SpongeBob one, which is probably one of the biggest ones right now. The confused Mr. Krabs. The savage slash evil Patrick one that gets real weird real yep. quick. Great. It's uh, so bad. I hate it. <laughs> the SpongeBob hype or like crowd one. Uh, yeah. Spongegar, Krusty Krabs versus the Chum Bucket, and then the tired SpongeBob one where he has no pants are just ones I can think of like off the top of my head. But I'm sure there's just more and more applications of just these people who known SpongeBob forever. I don't the I don't wee think I can, like, wee wee one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many good ones, just so many good ones. And I don't know, like, I don't know if SpongeBob hemp pants has anything to do with why people are so like if in the early days of the internet like if that the great the, the great are, days of the internet <laughs> yeah like where the internet was real weird it was spongebob chem pants was was, was um a very interesting thing i don't know if you want to link any of that in the, the show notes yeah uh, i wouldn't very, link it i wouldn't link anything older than 2010 to show cry know what Spongebob hemp pants was just give it by the name and I'm pretty sure you can figure out what this parody is about but it's basically a giant just meme of Spongebob and I don't know if that helps it be relevant um, it's like an or entire if, freaking but, series like they put a lot yeah, of work into it yeah and I know that MTV I think MTV is the one who owns Nickelodeon right uh, I think so, yeah. so they used to they used to play Spongebob on MTV in like the later 2000s so that might have helped it keep in relevance to become this kind of like meme sensation it is now uh but the memes are are very real when it comes to spongebob yeah. probably even more so now that uh steven hillenberg is gone they're kind of like his yeah. might be his lasting legacy on like the i think like the confused mr krabs goes on is still goes around everywhere like naked uh naked naked spongebob like I don't know. Like I still people see people using those. Like they're past like their their peak moments, but like people still use them. I never want yeah. to go and back to SpongeBob's always huge on Twitter. Yeah, and like and I and I never want to go back to Evil Patrick heyday because Evil that was, Patrick it's is so bad. Is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Uh, uh, yeah, SpongeBob hemp pants is basically uh, nothing but s- s- savage Evil Patrick. It is. If you want some reference? It's, awful. And it's all on YouTube. So go enjoy. It's <laughs> that awful. on YouTube. Uh, but that's really all I got. We're 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 at about an hour, and that's kind of I didn't want to keep people here forever. So we have some fan, but why those? Not very many, but we'll, we'll get through them real quick. So we have at Gatsu zero eight three, one of our yes, Charles SpongeBob is unmitigated joy. He sees the best in everything and is always enthusiastic to help. The Band Geeks episode has to be. The fave, so many great jokes, and the song at the end is the best. I guess we didn't talk about that too. That there's like this whole—I don't even know what the petition's at now—of like the thousands and thousands of people who want them to play the SpongeBob halftime show during the Super Bowl this year, which I signed I want it. because I think you I'd should do be it. Down for that, better than half the other halftime shows. So you can play that shit on loop for thirty minutes, and it'll be better than what we're gonna get. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> So, we also yeah. have Nico, um, the Auror. 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 I could probably write an entire dissertation, but just for the sake of the 280 character limit, the show will forever be one of the greatest of all time. It gave us one of the most iconic lines in television history. Is mayonnaise an instrument? 
also from the halftime episode. Where they literally, Matt, they literally bust them up into like they're literally playing a halftime so show, good. and they like they raise them in a big giant dome into like a stadium of actual people. It's, it's very it's, weird. It's so good. Uh, we have at Doctor Doctor Ragnarok. As long as I've been alive, people have always accused me of being a kid, but Steven Hillenburg proved to me that that's okay. SpongeBob has helped me through a lot of hard times and taught me that friendship is the most important thing. I will always be grateful for that. We have at Pilots and Petards because it is, uh, it was really my first cartoon for kids that grownups can enjoy. I was the target demo for Toy Story, but it was fun for my parents too. SpongeBob is my TS, the subtlety subversive cartoon that rewarded you for being smart and paying attention. I saw the first movie in theaters. So did I. By the way, Mr. Peabody and Sherman reward you for being smart. Oh, yes, it does. It's so good. Yeah, um, I agree with uh, all of our favorite why those, especially the one that you're paying attention. I, If you have not watched SpongeBob again as a grown person, I would go watch it. So you can be like, whoa, I miss this innuendo. Or, whoa, I identify with Patrick. <laughs> uh, when I didn't think I actually would. <laughs> That's really all I got. I, I like SpongeBob. All of my friends like SpongeBob. Like, if we start singing the Catfire song song, I'm pretty sure it would break out into a whole song and dance. So is Matt not your friend? I know. That's all I got out of that. <laughs> well, I can show you the Campfire Song song. Well, well, Matt would be Matt would be Squidward, where I would go, Matt, and then Matt wouldn't sing. So it fits in actually perfectly. <laughs> so it works. Oh, God. Yeah, that's all, that's all I really got. Uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, no, I just, I really appreciate it. I definitely think that SpongeBob is a cartoon that you get a lot more out of Whitney and like you said Adrian there's a reason that like the target demographic is actually way older than who's watching it um, or I guess not target demographic but like the largest viewing demographic is larger than the target um, is because it just really resonates and it's it's smart comedy in the guise of really stupid comedy um, Especially when you pick up on a lot of the darker notes that are there, which I know he said he was going away from darkness, but I think that there's, like, it's a really good balance between, like, some really, really dark points, um, as well as just some, like, sheer optimism. So I I appreciate um, Hillenberg and everything he did to kind of bring Spongebob into the world. So that's my final thought. Matt, are you going to go make your own uh, show about uh, anthropomorphic plants? I don't even know if that even works. Anthropomorphic plants? It should be able to. Little shop of horrors. (laughs) I mean, technically, I mean, a sponge is technically a living organism, even though that one's obviously not that type of sponge. But But anthropomorphic just means making them human. It doesn't mean... I... I... Okay. Basically. I I mean, are we getting our... Are you going to make a TV show? No, I'm not going to make no TV show. You guys don't deserve a TV show. (laughs) Nobody deserves a TV show. But no, as far as, like, uh, actually wrapping up... I don't know. I, I've tried it. Like I said, I've watched multiple episodes before. I've just never gotten into it. It's never... I just don't understand it. People love it. I'm sure it's great. Obviously, it's won a lot of things. It's definitely not my cup of tea. I'm sure in this day and age, I'm like a horrible person because I don't like something. I don't care. I probably will never ever watch the whole entire thing, especially if there's eight seasons and people only reference the first three. Um... I have a lot of I watch a lot of cartoons, but that's this will not be one of them. <laughs> but you just said that you were gonna go back and give it a try. I might. You said that at the beginning of the episode. What did Adrian <laughs> do to make you not want to give it a try now? Is it because he called you not his friend? Oh uh, no! Everybody just tried to remind me of all these other TV shows that like are probably way better at what they do than this one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Adrian, you want to close us out? After that, uh, you had to bring it around town to some happiness. We could bring it around town. I mean, I was trying to find, but then Kate had to ask things. I mean, I can redo town. this again. <laughs> no, SpongeBob's okay. important to the people and to the people alone. <laughs> there will be another movie that we probably do not actually need, but people will care about because nostalgia. And I'm glad it touched so many lives. It didn't touch mine. <laughs> the majority of this stuff. 
Um, I hope you guys sleep better at night knowing this cartoon touched your lives and you feel better. I'm glad it was great. I don't understand it. Have a good one. Can, can you can you go back and say it again, but like with a more nasally voice? Just to see how it plays? Oh, God. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think that this was... I think Spongebob deserves its kind of own episode, so I'm glad we got to do it. Obviously, it's not like the... Um, it's not like this heavy hitting impact that we see with like Stan Lee or um, with like Jack Kirby or as in depth as a character analysis as like a Bojack Horseman or kind of even like as, as an archer. But it's presence today, I think, means something, even if it's just memes now. Those are things that are still being used. And it all really just stems from Steven Hillenberg, a guy who liked to draw and liked the ocean yeah. and wanted to share that with people. And that's why, and that's what we have here. We have this fourteen billion dollar um, franchise going on twenty years that basically that anyone in our demographic knows, and it all starts there. Yeah. By the way, if you've never seen a, a, a SpongeBob pinata made by Mexicans, they're always great and horrible at the same time. Nightmare fuel. They're sure. so bad. Like the little Mexican shops that sell pinatas around here. They're always, like, just terrifying. It's the nose. The best ones are the half-melted ice cream Spongebob bars. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. pretty With good, the too. eyeballs, like, falling out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Uh, as always, you can find the podcast at But Why Though PC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can find me at Oh My Myth Reindeer. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E. R-R-U-I-Z 93. Matt? You can find me juicing some pineapple for pineapple juice. Why are you destroying his house? Because I love pineapple (laughs) juice. And actual pineapple juice, not that crap pineapple cocktail. Oh my god.